questions. History. Religion. Grace. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Rachel. Join us as we talk about our favorite TV shows and movies and point out grace. With some interesting twists and a little humor. You're listening to Who's Saying Grace. Welcome to Who's Saying Grace. Come on in, join us. We're going to have a discussion today, of course, like we always do, about grace and purpose and identity and freedom, all the things, those topics. We just, we love them so much because they mean a lot to us, our life journey. It really just grounds us. And we've found that we love these certain movies and TV shows because they highlight these topics so well. And it's so entertaining and it's so meaningful to us. And so right now, I want you to think about a show that you recently watched that you came away from that show feeling so much emotion, so deep in your chest. It kind of makes you feel tingly all over. (laughs) It's so positive. You, You know how that feels. I'm thinking of some of the superhero movies for sure, but that feeling inside you that maybe you feel very seen and heard, you're ready to fight for something, you're feeling compassionate and encouraged that there really are good people in the world and in the end, goodness and truth is gonna win. And that's what we wanna talk about with this series, The Last Kingdom on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. For us, this series has not only entertained us because it is so hilarious, but it has made us think so deep about life and just question the things that we've always done. Absolutely. I think, well, to say it, go back to the beginning of the podcast too. Podcast? Podcast. Because it's a podcast. <laughs> we write on our iPads and our notepads. Um, You've been watching too many English, British stuff because now they, you're trying to pull up their accent. I don't know if they would say it that way. Um, we have to see. I'll have to ask Eliza again. Um, I think, I love how you're like, come join us. And I do, when I'm like watching this, I wish we could all be sitting around watching the episode. Like today, we're going to talk about episode five in season one. And I wish we could all just, yeah, come on in and join us. And we can go, oh, can you, did you see that? Do you see this? Remember that part? I love that. If other people, so I'm hoping that as we keep going, people will chime in because I love when I see things or I don't see something that you see. I love how you take it deeper so many times. And I always wonder what other people are thinking because we're all seeing it through our own lens. We're all seeing it through our, you know, we have different paths that have brought us to where we are. And so I think that can affect how you see this or how, oh my gosh, that reminds me of when I blank, 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 went through this in my life. You know what I mean? Like, and, or somebody else may see that scene and go, oh, I was really this person in that scene. So I think that's why we like this is how, even though it's set in so such a long time ago period, we, you and I, we feel these things because we, you know, especially with our church so trauma. Relevant. Mm-hmm. I think so the church relevant. trauma is really, really about it. So season, season one, episode five, what'd you, wow. what'd you think so, in general? Okay. I think one of the themes that I really saw come out in this episode is fear and I think it started a little bit in episode four um it started to arise like we know that the Danes they want to be feared they get that control from fear 
Mm-hmm. And um, the Saxons, I think even Alfred says at one point that that fear can be expelled with knowledge. And they're really glad that they have Uhtred to help them have the upper hand with the Danes and kind of that insider information about the Danes. So they feel like they have that control with the knowledge that he is going to share with them. And, you know, they manipulate the written word. They manipulate uh, the religion to try to get that control. And the Danes, they can't read and write. They don't know what's being written down. That doesn't matter to them. They just want the, the Saxons to fear them. And that makes me think about, too, years ago, even in our own history, when with religion, when men had no access to the Bible and they just had to rely on whoever the priests, the, um, the church, they had to rely on them to tell them what to believe and what religion was. And it wasn't until like the 1400s with the invention of the printing press did ordinary men finally oh, yeah. they say get the Bible in their own hands. They were saying people that wrote, I don't know if I read this, I can't say if this is true or not, but before the printing press, basically people were just copying. I think a lot of, right. we talk about books, and you go, yes. wow, that's pretty crazy that different, ling- yeah. Of, of, of and they had the control over that. Ugh. And they could have absolutely manipulated that to say what they wanted it to say. Um, we do have lots of different manuscripts that we can, you know, we can track that and see. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole thing about seeing what's really truth um, as part of the Bible. That's a pretty cool study if you ever, um, for people who really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, uh, it, it's pretty cool. Let's put that in some of our show notes or something. That would be cool for people to know. Definitely. Um, I. But fear, fear is overcome with truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge thing right there is that, you know, as we live our lives, I think we're really looking for the truth. We're looking for truth. Truth is Constantly. so important. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I didn't, and I, I love this. I love fear is, you know, I have so much anxiety. So fear is in my life so often. And I, I would say, even though people may not be labeled as, you know, having anxiety or, you know, these huge fears, I think we all operate from a, from fear at some point and some, it's some aspect that's in there of everything. So I like that you said that. And I totally agree. We're searching for the truth. And that's probably that control, the fear part. You don't have control. That's basically what anxiety is. I don't have control of something. So my fear will come in and then how do I manipulate or how do I manage or how do I, that, that fear is so powerful. It's so powerful. And I think even and, Abba, who's huge, has fear. I think even Alfred, who's absolutely. this king, has fear. And um, and Uhtred has his own fears. Will I ever get my land back? You know, and so I I like that you saw that. I I think that what I saw my main theme through here is so often the Saxons want to you know, give credit to God all the time. And then the, the Danes give credit to their sorcerers or seers um, and their gods. But as I was watching everybody make their choices, make their decisions, talk, even even story, the sorcerer, I'm looking at it and going, it's logic. They're using logic and, and science in certain ways. And they're using past knowledge of, okay, this happened before, so I'm going to do this. 
But I think my logic that I'm seeing them use is what you're saying from fear and manipulation. I love how all, like you just said all that, that kind of clicked in right there that they're all kind of going together, right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely logic can be manipulated though in some ways. Like I had, I've thought about this before. Mm. You have those illusionists that use, they're not, it's not really magic. They're using, you know, on one side, they're doing something to try to get you just to focus on that. They're not giving you the whole story. And so they're doing another thing over here. You're distracted. And then they're making you, (laughs) yes, they're distracting you, basically manipulating you Mm -hmm. to make you think that they're telling you the truth when they're not. So we really have, it's it's hard to find truth. Mm. Uh, Yeah. When we search for truth, we do use a lot of logic, but... The Saxons seem to use God in place of logic just to get control. Yes. Because if they can continue to control the religion and God, then they kind of have the upper hand because then they're, you know, he's God's king. Mm-hmm. He gets his control that way. He's got to kind of manipulate that logic. That's what I tell you. Well, I always think religion was created to control the masses and Absolutely. to... Yeah, and I love how... In the hands of evil people, it's just there to control the masses. Yeah. And they do a very good job Because it, it works. Yeah, it totally works. Like, And then the, and then they use fear as well and manipulation. This is good. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is what I... Should we dive into Well, going some? on, uh, just a little quick one with um, mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You know, they have... That's of a seer. And then made me think of in the Bible where there's prophets. Mm-hmm. And these prophets would give a word of the Lord. And I don't think we really understand that. Um, When a prophet did that in the Old Testament Bible, that was not logic. That was actually them saying what God had told them to say. And if we really look back at that, I think Deuteronomy 18 talks about the prophets and how important it was for them to repeat exactly what God told them because if they didn't and it didn't come true, then they were to be killed. Mm. So a prophecy in the Old Testament wasn't just somebody kind of using like story, we talked about mm-hmm. the feathers and then being bone dry and the water flowing downhill. It wasn't based on that. When prophets did it in the Old Testament, these prophets of God, they were they were re, you know saying exactly what god had told them and then if it did not come true they were killed i mean their lives depended on them being true so we have prophets today that aren't 100% true that's what i was going to ask you so is, that's the problem it, is that it is yeah. not like what it was in the old testament and i think that's that, hard. that is not happening today but that's hard because people don't you know how when we're studying grace We, I don't want to say sections, but when we're studying grace, you know, it's in different, uh, the word program, we have he's that, and the words, um, you know, different covenants. Between the different programs, different covenants. So you know what exactly applies to you. Right. So right now. Prophets didn't apply to us. We can use logic now. Right. Because that's different. But that's hard when you're taught for so long, like in our past church lives, that is, that's, yeah, that's what we were taught. We were, you know, and so that's why going forward, there's always a, a way to use the prophets still. And that brings still me happen. then, right. And that brings me to 
this whole scene with Mildred and Uhtred with their son, mm-hmm. when Uhtred finally gets to meet up with his son, it's such a touching moment. I mean, you see them kind of coming together mm-hmm. as a family. It's so beautiful. And then she has to bring up the baptism thing. And it's because that's what she's always done. Yes. And she's never questioned that. And so she pushes that so much because it's such a part of her culture more than her, um, I wouldn't, I don't want to say like belief system, but it's just that she doesn't have, she didn't have, she doesn't seem to have that open mind to want to understand why. Where did baptism come from? Where did that come from? Why do I really want to do it? And then, you know, Utra just sees it as illogical. Well, he's like, he doesn't, yeah. I mean, later on we get into that at the very end. They talk about baptism again. She has to bring it back up, you know, and he is like, I'm not going to have him have priests whisper lies into his ears and then dunk him in water. I mean, that's how their two views of it are so different. And there is truth. Where is the truth in all of it? You know, let's learn why is there water baptism? Let's learn exactly why she thinks this way, why he thinks this way. They need counseling. (laughs) Where's the logic? (laughs) If we just could cut the logic and truth hand in hand, we can have both. Yeah. That's so great. Um, so I think right away I wanted I loved how you already touched on um, the the seers and how they I wanted to go back to that real fast while it's kind of fresh in our mind with story. To me, when he's saying that, and I know you said this, but I wanted to go into more a deeper part because Abba's like, okay, I need to know about war, right? What are we doing in this battle? When are we going to go? And he says you know, cast the runes and then all the stuff that comes out of story's mouth. I feel like my science teacher would be saying that. Yes, I agree. I mean, it took me a few times watching it to really understand what was going on because I still was kind of seeing how it related to prophets and just people having some kind of a vision but it wasn't just a vision for him it was actually him looking at actual evidence it's dry what that could mean right meaning they're gonna run out of food and water up there water so we got them yeah even though they have the high ground they seem to have the higher position here's another way that we could maybe win yeah i love it so i think a lot of it in the beginning you know these first scenes are basically prepping for these battles. We've got um, Abba is, you know, with his, 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 the Danes, and then Alfred's gone to one place with part of the Saxon army, and Ada's in another place. And the idea is they're going to meet back up whoever battles first between Guthrum and Abba, right? Right. To divide and up. conquer, kind of. Yeah. So I think I want to touch on one part, and I don't, I'm, I'm just, if you can help me through this part, but they're waiting. He's, he talks about, they've been waiting on Alfred and they're sitting there. I think it's like Ada and Leo Fritsch and maybe young Ada's there. And they, they're talking about following him. Like, because Uhtred has, didn't he give some ideas on what he thinks they should do? And, and they're like, okay, we'll follow him. I almost think that was like a Freudian slip where Leo Fritsch is like, let's follow Uhtred. And it was like, right. Like, uh, 
because Leia Fritch sees the logic in mm-hmm. uh, Uhtred and how he wants to um, defeat the Danes and what he wants to do, and he gives a lot of really good advice. And th- yeah, I yeah. think that was totally a. What's he correct? Do you remember what he says. corrects him to? I don't exactly. It's not follow him. He's like, go with him. Obey him or follow him. And he's like, follow him into battle. Maybe that's (laughs) something like that. Follow him indefinitely, but let's just follow him into battle. Yeah. But is that setting us up for something? Hmm, I wonder. Hmm, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was, I liked that part. So, do you want to keep. So, yeah. What else? Give me another scene. Um,. What stood out to you? Was that with a meeting with Abba where they go down because Uhtred kind of goes, I'm going to go to this meeting with you. When I think, that, okay, and first of all, I think it's so funny that they have a meeting. Like, just kill everybody right there. <laughs> was that the one, you mean the one on the side of the mountain? Yeah, when they're down low. And that's a pretty good and scene. he just uses it to provoke Abba. And everybody's all mad at Uhtred. But Uhtred's really using a lot of wisdom to provoke Ubba to really throw him off his game so then they can attack, you know, soon, very quickly. I think it's to give them so more time. The hand. Yeah, and to give them more time that maybe Alfred will come back to them. And you know. Otto, or, um, Ubba won't attack them right away. Yeah, because, again, here, hey, we, they everybody knows they're running out of water and food. Both sides know that. And so to me, this is why that logic... But I love how you were saying he manipulates Ubba into scare. He scares him a little bit. He's like, you're the next to die. <laughs> He's like, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it in my runes. I, I cussed my own, you know, <laughs> but a little stinger, like just giving it to him. And um, he's like, oh, Guthrum's screwed. His fleet's gone. Alfred's going to beat him. You're next. And he's like, story is, is, you know, he brings up from when he saw story before and tries to make story be. Yeah, so Ubba's now like, oh, my gosh. He can't trust the things. What is he going to do? It's thrown him for a loop. Yeah, he's off his game. Yeah, so. Okay, so do then we just want to go on and hit the the biggest one when Uhtred goes home to Mildreth and young Ada takes the axe and presents it to Alfred and doesn't really tell the whole truth does he? He just lets them assume that he killed Abba. Right. Really because tell them, this is the tell end them of the whole truth. This is the end of the battle, right? After they finish. And it was really cool, like waiting in the middle of that battle. Like, was Ada going to go, go help him? Was, was he not, you know, like when they were, when they were waiting, basically, Let's catch everybody up just in case it's been a minute since you've seen it. Uhtred has gone down to Abba's camp, has started their boats on fire, and Ada had promised. It seems like everybody likes to give their word and will say, um, I, you know, I'll give you my word. i give you my word. That seems like to be a pretty big thing. And so I see that part where Ada's like trying to decide because... Some of them are saying, don't, let's just flee now. He's taking care of that. They're weakening them. and But Ada sticks to his word. He comes and saves him after Uhtred has killed Abba. And now they're all battling, right? That's really important, though, you touched on their word. To give your word is 
so the way we um, we know that people are giving us truth is that we trust them. We trust mm-hmm. the only way to trust people is when they keep their word. Right. So your word is important so that we can trust you that you're going to do what you say you'll do. Right. And you know, all that trust is being built on you being true to your word. I think that's really important. And I think that's why Ada is proving that he's trustworthy. He's proving that what he may tell you in the future is truth. Yeah. And you know, like that right there, it's not them saying, I swear on the Bible, I swear to God, or I swear I will do this or whatever. Just like at the end, Ada says, you served Alfred, Alfred well today. He says that to Uhtred, you're a good man. And he kept, and then he's like, you kept your word all through that stuff right there. And, and even when they're talking about the ax that you had mentioned, when he was like, no, I want the ax to stay with him. He's like their king. None of that. I never see anybody really focusing on God. Like the, cause Alfred's not there. So I wonder about right. that. Like Ada doesn't say, Oh God did this for us today. They are like complimenting each other. Like we did this. So, so right. I think Alfred always has to use God. He always has to bring God into it. He always has to use the Bible and the church and God to manipulate the truth, to veil the truth, but to keep control. Because if God isn't doing these things, then the people aren't going to see, he's afraid that people aren't going to see God as doing everything. He won't be king anymore because he won't be God's king. And then he's in trouble because then he's lost control. And so it's yeah. a huge you, deal. They have to use that. That's so true. And you know what else I think that means is when you, or one thing I want to bring up before we get into the part where, you know, Uhtred storms into the the place you just said it like I think um Mildred is the same way because when they reunite he's like go to your wife you know and he's going to trust that everybody's going to tell the story the right way Uhtred is going to trust and he's going to go see his wife because of the baby and she keeps saying God is good he kept you safe he brought you home to me you know she's right there where Alfred would be right and, and then what's Uhtred say? Well, part of that is because that's what she's always done. She doesn't know any better. She just continues to say God is good because she's afraid that if he's not good, she's not going to get the things her way. But she's really doing it because that's what she's always done. But why can't we have both? Because Uhtred sees the logic in yeah. it. He knows that it's his sword that kept him safe. So God really didn't do it. But God is good. So this makes him hate God because he knows it was his sword that kept him safe. It was his wisdom. It was his strength. So why can't we have both? That just makes me question every time when somebody says things like that, that, that God ultimately won that victory for them. Mm-hmm. No, like athletes, they spent a lot of time in the gym. Like they spent a lot of time cultivating that ability to be able to do those things. So why can't God be good even if Uhtred really relied on his own strength? Can a person still believe in God and his own strength? Yeah. Why can't God why can't God be powerful and mighty and still let people have the freedom to rely on their own strength? You know this is like one of the biggest topics ever. 
Like, right. I want to dive into that. This is what I don't, we harp on all the time. Yeah, I don't know if this is the day. <laughs> I don't know when the day is. But, I mean, I think this is every day in my mind when I'm reading stuff online. And this is, y'all, this is, I just became Southern. Y'all, I do not know. <laughs> I don't know. People are going to hate what I'm about to say. But I'm going to say it because I believe it as total truth. And you've helped me get there. I got in a car accident, right? And I remember you tell, okay, first of all, I was out of my mind because that's one of the scariest things. And I know I came to you talking about it and saying, God did that. God put me between this way so that I wouldn't die or whatever happened. Like to me at that time in my life, this was probably 14 years ago, maybe 12, 14 years ago at that time for me, God was in, I mean, I just prayed and God would be in control. I don't know what I was thinking when stuff didn't go the way I was praying. Probably that whole thing of um, uh, if it doesn't go my way, oh, that wasn't God, part of God's plan. That wasn't part of his will. And I can understand why people still think that. And I'm not here to say that they, sh they, they can't think that way. They're just for me to go to make it. I think what I like is it has to be fair across all playing fields. When I got into that accident, it just was the way it was. It just happened that way. God wasn't like maneuvering my car or making that happen, even though people will still say that's part of God's will, and he did. I can understand how they explain it that way. But can you help shed a little bit of light right now? Because I will still at times have this battle of going, okay, well, you say, no, God wasn't involved in that. You know, and I'll go, well, I think God's I used will. to say, I used to say, no, Rachel, God did not do that for you. Right. And so you go back to Uhtred and Uhtred here is telling Mildreth, no, God did not win that battle. I did. I won that battle with my own sword. And then, you know, with you and your car wreck, God did not save you because if he was going to save you, he'd save everyone. Why, why wouldn't he save everyone? He loves I would love to people to chime in on that. Tell, give us... I want to hear what people think when we would say to you, God did not do that for you. That it's not, because at the end of the day, what is it for me? Consequences. I, yeah, consequences. Because for me, I want, again, you go back to, I want the blessings. I want the things right. that come from saying God is in control of that. God did that. God did this. But I think this is a really big topic, and I think people can have really good, this is one of those places where nobody's going to quote unquote win. Because people are going to believe what they believe. But I would like you to look at Sarah and I's perspective or our understanding in a little bit different way. Maybe be open to that. Be open to saying, hey, we can have God be all, all powerful and mighty and amazing and capable of doing all these things. He did at one point in time. But we yeah, have the most the cross. amazing thing that he ever did was the cross. Gave us. Like, yeah. So amazing. And when we say that he did other things for us, then we take away from the power of that cross, the mm -hmm. power of all the things that he did on that cross. And that's a huge study to get into. If you think that God is only powerful to do the thing, the blessings for you, you need to study what he did on that cross. Like when, when you dive really deep into that, it mm -hmm. becomes the only thing you will ever need. Right. And so I don't need to say God won. Utra doesn't need to say God won this battle for me. Right, Mildred God doesn't is still need great. that either. Even if he didn't win the battle, God is still great. He's still good. Yeah. Praise him. And maybe, I don't know if you want to throw this, this may throw a little questioning into it. Okay, so 
you'll go back, oh, well, God created my body. He's the one that gave me that kind of strength. I'm wired that way. Well, again, yeah. you know, maybe foods that made you stronger. You did more exercise that made you stronger. And yes, God right. already knows everything and he sees your life to the end. I right. mean, he already knows. He knows what's going to happen. He already knows what's going to happen. But we take away when we say he has planned that. Where's free will in that? Okay, I'm getting way off topic. But we've got those yeah. two, obviously, like you said, you mentioned that at the very beginning. Those two have very hand different views. Yeah. And so right. now we've got Uhtred going in. He's he's coming back to, uh, you know, he and, <laughs> he and uh, Mildred, are, they're on their horses. They're all proud. They got their baby. They're coming. He's like, yeah, our debt's going to be forgiven. This is awesome. We're going to rule. They're about to give us Bevenberg. I mean, he I've is I've just like, defeated Abba. I yeah, have done the ultimate. Like, I have saved Wessex. I have saved everything. I am the bomb.com. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I said that. Um, and he's coming back in. But little does he know, narrator. Oh, gosh. <laughs> little did he know. That, he, and he just loses his head, too. I mean, he just, he's such a hothead. And if he just would have had a Anger little management. bit of patience there. But I get it. I mean, he was angry. He was so mad that, that you know, he's coming in there and, and, Young Otta totally stole his glory. He's so mad about that. He's not going to get the glory that he thinks he deserves with all of no. the forgiveness of all of the debt that he owes. And he's angry. He he runs into the church. And all they can say is, you know, you are disturbing the peace. You cannot talk about right, <laughs> that right now. You're disturbing the king's oh. peace. And it's like, they don't even care about the truth. As a viewer. I mean, as a viewer sitting there, I was so frustrated. Because Bayoka, when he comes up to Bayoka at the very beginning, Bayoka's like, what are you doing here? Like, I thought we, they all thought he was dead. Nobody even knew he they fought did. in the battle. Nobody even cared that he was alive. Like, they didn't even. They thought he got killed with the prisoners. he was alive? Right. Oh, I was so frustrated. I was like, and he's yelling in there, and you're right. And they're all in Aylesworth's face. She's just looking at him like, oh, you heathen. Get that he out should, of here. This should be punishable by death. Yes, because he's disturbed. Oh, she wants him therapies. dead. Young Otta <laughs> wants him dead. She wants him dead. But it's just so crazy that they don't care about the truth. They only care about, you know, mm -hmm. God and peace and control and want everyone to feel good. And Oh, my gosh. They're control. Wait, do you know what I do love? Well, one, I love when Baoka's like, I cannot save you. Like, he's just is like, I give up, man. Because he's not going to stop yeah. him. And then Alfred. Well, you know, that whole issue with the last episode where he says Uhtred is not tameable, but he, he oh. can be trusted. He cannot be tamed, but he can but be he can trusted. he can be trusted. Yeah, so good. And Alfred, you know Alfred's like, we see a little bit right here for the first time of Alfred like he wants to go with what his wife is saying, but he also knows because he looks. He also knows Uhtred. This might be true, because he looks at he does. He looks at Elspeth, and, and he he's like, like he feels bad a little bit. Yeah, he, I think he's finally seeing that he was manipulated by Young Otta. Yeah, and he goes. He looks and he's at smart. Ailswith. He's gonna get back. He will. Go he ahead. is. You're right. No, I just wanted to say he like like Bayoka can't save him. He also looks, he almost can't save Aleswith. He looks, Alfred looks at Aleswith after she's like, I'm going to be dead, you know, basically. And he's like, peace be with you, my dear. Like, bring it down a notch, lady. <laughs> You're out of control. There he is again. His yeah. perfect face. His yeah. perfect stoic face. Total greatness. Awesome. So punishment. So dare we talk about the punishment. Yes. <laughs> so hilarious. Yeah. Ethelwald, yeah. He, he does redeem himself a little bit here to where... 
You know, the guy, because I, I the guy a lot of check because he's, we hate him, but I know. he, he does. He, he, he plays into the logic. So I will yeah, get it's logic. Cause he's like, I'm logic. going to, if I, I have to go back before that though, of just because I like how you've been talking about Mildred's and Uhtred's relationship. And she is so before she knows he's going to have to like growl, you know, before they get the gravel punishment, they're meeting sort of in, I think it's in the courtyard part. And, and she's like, what is Uhtred and Mildred? And she's like, why are you unable to show reason and have patience? And he just wants justice. And he says it like two times. And, right. and then she says it comes to those who have faith. And she's like, you're angry. You have a bad spirit. It needs to be exercised and you need to show humility and I'll pray for you. So here she is back that same way. And they are complete opposites, right? And I have something to add to that, that I think in think? our own lives yep. here, that um, I think we have this underlying thought that if we just are patient and quiet, that the truth will eventually come out. The truth will mm. eventually be known. But does the truth always win? I mean, if you think about that in certain people's mm. lives, if people yeah. really take a look at their life, would they really say that truth always wins? I mean, it always wins in the movies, of course. Truth always wins. <laughs> yeah. But do we just settle and, and wait on truth to win? Or when do we stand up for justice? Do and we that, just turn that the other probably... cheek in the face of injustice? Or do we stand up? You know what, Sarah, that brings up your... will we wait on God to save us and bless us with all those wealth and riches when sometimes, you know... You got to have a Dane spirit. And if you want it, you take it. Like, not take it, but you fight for it. There, there yeah, but is that's injustice your... in this world that we need to fight for. But it's fear. So I keep, like, it is fear. You You're brought right. that, you brought that up. Why don't I say certain things that I believe right now? Maybe I'm just going to use social media because that's what popped in my head when mm -hmm. you were talking about this. I will not always fight. I know social media is probably not the place to do it anyway, but there's times where I want to put out what I really do fear, feel or what I really believe or what I know is truth that I want to see. And it's scary to do that. So maybe you, I guess right there is you're using and mindfulness to decide when do, when am I standing up and fight? When am I going to be patient? Cause I know that you, it's almost like you have to have this sixth sense of future of like, okay. And I think that comes from experience of living you're, and grace, yeah, because your humility, grace, knowing what you're really fighting for. I think we have to take the time yeah. to sit down with ourselves and really decide what what is worth it, what we fight for, and you know, maybe we we figure out that we're really fighting, we're really erring on the side of money. Like mm. money drives us a lot, and I think there in that scene, nobody stood up for. Uhtred, when oh, a, no, lot they of those, a lot of those guys, they were with him in that battle in Kernwit. They knew that he won the battle for Oh, them. I know. I wanted that. did say they it. say anything? No. No, they didn't because they knew they'd be in trouble. They'd be an outcast. They wouldn't have any money. They wouldn't be able to live. Wait, but you like, know what? That's big. This is the big, big scene. Deal. You're bringing this up. Right before he has to do the groveling part, that's, that's all of that right there. Because isn't he having a conversation with Leah Fritsch? And, or somebody says, you have to grow. Oh, he goes, do you know what the punishment is? I don't remember who says that to him. Oh, it's, um, I can't think of his name. It's the other soldier that's there okay. with 
them. It's not like well, we've the older guy. Okay, so we've got all <laughs> of them so together. I'm so sorry that character. We're coming back with it. He is good. He has some good things. But you've got Ethelwald is there, and he's thrown in his comments, which I we have to we have to quote those. And um, right. and Uhtred and probably is maybe Bielka, but I know they're saying, "Do you know what the punishment is?" And 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 Uhtred's like. A fine payable to the church, no doubt. He's like, no. <laughs> and, you know, Ailes, somebody says that Aleswitz wants your guts pulled through your smelly ass. And, 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 he's not, but then Ethelwald is like, that Aleswitz, she is for, forever inventive. <laughs> or something like that. But yeah. Oh, but he's like, no, you have to grovel. Even the guard. Yeah, they all, they all, yeah. Mentioned. They're like, this is not a hill to die on, which it kind of is, but yeah. they're just like, you need to figure out how you're going to smooth this over. Because kind of Ada, thing. nobody's get. we all know Ada's going to inherit everything. It's about the money. You just talked about that. It's about the money. He's going to inherit it. So guess what? This is just like, this is like politics today. The money, 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 money is what gets it. So he's going to have the money. Everybody thinks the, sh the sun shines out his ass, right? And so right. it doesn't matter. And that's what Leo Fritsch is like. You know, buddy, just, you're not going to win. This is the way it is. It sucks. Yeah. Um, and that kind of wraps it up here, too. Mm -hmm. I know we wanted to, oh, well, let's hit the one other point that I think is very interesting. When they're groveling and they're, <laughs> and they're you know, You guys know the scene when they're, the they're wearing dresses, like basically tunics, and they have to get on their knees and. And repent, repent and 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 just really crawl. Yeah. I don't know if it, is it a mile or how far do they have to crawl? I don't know. And everybody's like throwing things at them. Cinematography's and great. Fun of them and yeah, the angles. You said all I did. the different camera angles are really good. So, so people good. need to go back and watch yeah. that that piece of it. And then <laughs> you have Ethelwald <laughs> is yelling out all this stuff, and you know that he's manipulating too because he wants Uhtred to know that. I did this for you, mm -hmm. so you're going to mm -hmm. owe me, buddy. Mm -hmm. And he's loving that. he's smart. But Ethelwald is screaming out all of these things, you know, so hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. It, he's actually very smart because he's totally making a mockery of Alfred and all the things that he's saying. I love you saw that. Especially when he says, at that moment when he says that he's repenting of his lust of all women and... He most of all talks about he will have no more servants in his bedchambers. <laughs> Who does that? And then they pan, the, the camera pans to Aylesworth, and she has this real disgusted look on her face because I don't know who she's disgusted at more, Ethelwald or Alfred. Right. And so it brings up all that to her, and she gets angry about that. And so, you know. They even really turn Ethelwald's and leave. He's making this huge mockery of Alfred and... And himself, like bringing the attention. I love that. Yeah, he does. He takes one for the team. Takes one for the team. And, you know, I don't know how many times the word tits and ass is said in that scene, but, you know. So funny. And then he has to go on to the next scene and really explains all about the different tits and ass. And Right. Right. Anyway. Right. Just carries it over with, it's just pretty common. Yep. But, Here we go. and I don't know if Uhtred sums it up right mm -hmm. there or. I think, if, you know, the um, ending, I, I think we leave the ending. At the very end when he says. There's no justice here. There's only the church. Yeah. And they... Which is pretty... Pretty accurate. Because I mean, he, that, he... That's pretty huge. They're back at his place, you really right? Think about that. Is that that part? They're, they're, and then they're... 
I can't remember where I have that written too. That. I do um, know that they go back at the very end. They go to his house. That guy's, you know, clearly his. What do you call them? The people like that. His manager of his property. I'm going to call the property manager uh, at the time. Manager. Yeah, he ends up right. killing him, and he's and she's like. <gasps> You know, again, there they are in those differences, and he's like, that's justice. I mean, like, that's the end, and it's like, whoa. But because he yeah. had said there's no justice little, here. He's a little bit extreme there. And I like how, I think Leo Fritsch, well, I guess let's say, well, I guess I'll finish this one. But yeah. Leo Fritsch tells Uhtred that there are men who know that you are the rightful you deserve the honor and the glory that you did this and you know they're going to follow him even if it's not completely outwardly following him he is going to have a following and he just needs to continue to keep his eye on the prize you know patience um leo fritch is like don't get caught up in these little things you i don't even know if he says this but for some reason i remember like him saying, you can't, you're not going to change the church. You're not going to change that entity, but you can change people. You can find people that agree with you. Yeah. You can, you can change people's minds. And that, that's a better thing to have the support of real, honest people that are searching for truth. They're searching for justice. I know. I questioning. I think it, those are the people that you know you're looking for. I think to wrap this up. Yeah, I think it's almost like through this episode. I mean, I don't know why I always want to put all these characters in therapy, but I do because I've learned so much from my therapy. But I look and I go, man, Leo Fritsch Utrid, he is your guru. You have got to stop knee jerk reacting and chill for a second. Like, let this man <laughs> teach you some things because Leo Fritsch is kind of like this this, you know, observer in the back, and he, like, he knows more. He's been around longer in this Alfred situation in Ada, and he knows, like, so let's let, you know, those two could really help each other, and I think that's what we're starting to see is that bond forming, which is going to be super cool, and um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to watch these episodes again, seeing Leo Fritsch in that light of, like, what you were just saying. Yeah, he's keeping him, he's like, okay, I'm going to, this wild up. beast, let's keep him... Contained as contained. much as possible. Right. He knows how to play everything. So. And it's good. And I like that, you know, like, instead of, like, what exact character is saying grace, who is saying grace, I think that it's the, um, it's that whole understanding of don't get caught up in the moment of your anger and um, that, you know, don't. Or don't try to, like, really focus on those things that you can't change. Try to figure out the things that you can change. Yeah. Find the people that agree with you. Find the people that are going to follow you. Start to start to get, go from that angle. Let's let's educate. Let's question. Let's, let's look for those people. And I think that's what grace is. You know, let's not beat ourselves up with the people who are never going to change their mind. Who, Mildreth. Right. I think he's finally seeing Mildreth is probably never going to change her mind. She softened up a little bit, but she's never going to change her mind. Let's not, let's not continue to beat ourselves over the head with the people that are never going to change their mind. Let's start to unify with the people that do want to question that, that do want to seek change. Yeah. And see things from maybe a different angle and, and let's look look at that. That's grace. Yeah. So I, 
Do you have a person this time? Do you have? I don't think so. I think it's just that whole yeah. theme of, you know, don't do that knee-jerk reaction. Right. Sit back. Let's let's think it through. Who let's is question. not saying let's... grace? <laughs> this is what we have in this episode. Uh, let's see. A, well, B, C, D. Uhtred wasn't real great when he just kind of got so ticked off and angry and <laughs> ran into the church right. and had right. to make a whole scene. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. The scene. Sometimes you got to make a little bit of a scene to get people's attention. Right. But... You know, Mildred, I don't think she's ever going to show grace. Just no. She started to soften, but, no. you know, she's just always going to do what she's always done. She's never going to question. Hey, guys, I'm just going to say, guys, everybody, everyone, i got to stop saying guys. But I, Sarah has done most of this podcast with a dog in her lap. This dog has come in. I love this. One day maybe we'll do our podcast with a uh, with a. A video as well but if you could see this I mean come on let's give her a round of applause I am impressed I don't know why he always wants to like sit at my feet play with my feet do whatever <laughs> he can right when I'm starting to podcast oh, always sorry buddy but you're gonna have to go in I love that we life. can show like that so I'm sorry real you life the heavy breathing the whole thing yeah, no like, it was great I'm not that good to edit that out yeah so there you go enjoy real life Call us, text right. us, send the courier pigeons, tell us what you think. But seriously, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Instagram. At Who's Saying Grace. <laughs>